Blog Talk Radio. How would you like to get the inside scoop on the secret sauce of show business? Imagine being ahead of the pack when it comes to knowing how to land that part you crave in that film, play, or TV program. Listen to the Inside Acting Radio Show hosted by William Powell, the king of DC media, at blogtalkradio.com. Search Inside Acting. What's going on, dear listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. Tonight, I welcome comedian Daphne Dorman. And what you should know about her is that she is a Philadelphia native, and her career began a 12-year journey as a stage and TV actress, including a two-year stint on QVC, where she represented the Memorex line of consumer electronics, and she also served as Director of Operations for the Active Center of Philadelphia, where she also spent several years teaching improv and stage combat. And actually from there, she went on to start her own web development agency. She uh, cut her teeth on websites and apps for local businesses and even worked with uh, National Geographic uh, photographer Steve McCurry, who was actually – widely known for his famous photograph of the Afghan girl. Uh, that was back in the 80s. And after years of acting and running her own agency, she moved to Biaco Island uh, down in uh, Equatorial Guinea. And that's an island way down 30 miles off the coast of Cameroon in Africa. Spent some years down there working, uh, actually establishing a wildlife preserve. Uh, preserving uh, primates and sea turtles. Came back to the U.S., started working for SCS Global Services in Emeryville, California. And in 2016, she volunteered at the, the San Francisco LGBT Center, serving as an instructor for TransCode, a series of classes aimed at training transgender members of the community in a career and uh, for a career in technology, and uh, actually they emphasize on teaching people how to uh, program for the Internet. And she also now works for as a senior software engineer for Venetti LLC. But one of the most notable things about her is that she recently started openings for uh, Dave Chappelle. And Dave Chappelle has uh, made a, a – fantastic comeback in the last few years is very popular and she's got uh actually uh involved um with actually opening for many of his shows so i see that uh, daphne is on the line let me go ahead and bring her on the air she's going to tell us more okay folks hello daphne <laughs> hi there how are you hey i'm fantastic fantastic so you've got to kind of take a deep dive and really tell us all about how you met Dave Chappelle and how that whole thing came about. I know you were involved in the Sticks and Stones show that he did recently on Netflix. So talk about that. Yeah, so um, it actually started. I was hanging out at a local bar. <laughs> a friend of mine said, um, hey, I've got tickets to Dave Chappelle next week. Uh, do you want to go? I mean, I'd always liked Dave Chappelle. He was never, you know, I just thought he was funny. He was fine. He wasn't like my favorite comedian ever, but I was like, all right, well, yeah, sure. Let's go see some Dave Chappelle. 
So we go to the first show, and, uh, you know, I had also looked up, you know, I wanted to read about his comeback, and so I had seen this New York Times article, um, you know, sort of sort of giving him a little bit of flack for his interactions or his jokes about the trans community or LGBT community in general, which I thought was a little bit unfair. So community or that's what comedy is, you know, we... We uh, we're allowed to make those kind of those kind of uh, exceptions in comedy. So anyway, I decide to go to the show. The and you'll hear him talk about it in Sticks and Stones. But basically, there was a, a woman in the audience at this very first show that I went to who uh, she was not she was not super pleased with some of the Me Too jokes that he was making, and she chose to speak up and. Uh, it was it was really quite a dramatic moment because here's you know Dave Chappelle, this you know, superstar, all star, you know, uh, very successful, well known comedian in this tiny little place in San Francisco, you know, 180 seats, and and there's this woman who's like really sort of taking him to task, you know, in a place where, by the way, every flat surface at the punchline in San Francisco says no heckling, basically it says you know shut up. Um, but this woman, you know, felt enough to, to challenge him on it. And instead of, you know, Dave saying, you know, to security, hey, get this woman out of here or just, you know, shutting her up or ignoring her, he chose to engage with her. He wanted to actually have the conversation with her about it. And uh, she was unable to do that. She had a little bit of an emotional breakdown and she left. She, she just storms out of the room and you'll hear him tell that story in Six of Stones uh, in the epilogue which is a really funny story about it so you know he is in fact there trying to reclaim the room we just had this very dramatic sort of exit of this woman and he interacts with her friends who stay behind at the table to see the show he's talking to, to them and uh, he decides to you know move on away from it okay well we had this this little blow up let's move on to something else and so he moves on to some LGBT jokes. And one of the things he says is, you know, uh, you know, the, the sort of going to each of the initials, the L's, the G's, the B's, and the T's. And he says, nobody hates me more than the T's. Then the, you know, I catch more, you know, more crap from the trans community because they all hate me. And since, since there had already been some audience engagement, I felt a little liberated to speak up. And I said, uh, not all of us. And that began, that sentence of me speaking up and saying not all of us began my introduction to Dave Chappelle. He looked right at me and he said, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. What's your name? I said, I'm Daphne. Uh, and, and so we had, you know, a couple, you know, little uh, exchanges there, a couple sentences back and forth. But interestingly enough, my friend actually had two tickets that night one for the early show and one for the late show. The late show, we were going to with a bunch of friends. In the early show, my friend and I just went together. And the reason that I chose to go to both shows back-to-back -back so close wasn't just because I liked hanging out with my friend. It was actually because since I've started doing stand-up comedy, I wanted to see how somebody like Dave Chappelle does, repeats a show how you know how consistent are they how identical are they is every performance exactly the same thing or how different is it where are the deviances what are the differences between um you know you know using the same jokes using the same material how do you uh you know do that back to back like that in a single night 
um, and he recognized me when I came back for the uh, second show. And then about a week later, he came back again, and my friend happened to get tickets, and I went to that show as well. And uh, that's the show that, that Dave refers to as the Dave and Daphne show, because he went until about, uh, I guess, about 3 o'clock in the morning that morning, and the last, you know, hour, hour and a half of it was just um, he and I bantering back and forth, you know, connecting with the audience, too, but a lot of it was just he and I back and forth. And at, at some point during that third show, that last show that I was at, he um, asked me what it was that I did, and I told him that, uh, you know, I was a software engineer by day, a comedian by night. And he said, oh, you're a comedian. Go, go over there and give, uh, give my manager your cell phone number, which I did. And then uh, he called me. I guess it was a month and a half or a month later. He told me about Stones and that Dave had told the story of our meeting uh, on stage on Broadway. And, and then, uh, yeah, the rest, as they say, is history. So now I've I've opened for him and had this really good connection of you know uh, getting some getting some tips about how to be a performer, how to be a comedian from Dave Chappelle. You know, it's all about persistence. You're a steady and persistent. So talk about your experiences uh, opening for him. Well, so I've only actually opened for him once so far, and. It was, uh, you know, it was a very interesting thing. It was my eighth time performing on stage. So it's it's really a tremendous fortune uh, for somebody who's so relatively new to doing stand-up comedy, not to perform it, obviously, because I have been on stage in television and, you know, I've done other things before. So it's not like it was my eighth time on stage at all, but it was my eighth time specifically doing my own comedy, doing stand-up. And my eighth time doing it was on a stage opening for Dave Chappelle. And since all of my encounters uh, with Dave occurred at Punchline, everybody at the Punchline in San Francisco knows me. You know, when I walk in, like, the Daphne, everybody knows Daphne, right? And uh, unfortunately, the day that I opened, I feel like there was um, there was a disconnect between what was written up on the performance board and people making the connection that it says Daphne on the board and that I was the Daphne who was going to open. So when I arrived to uh, to the club to be able to open for him, they didn't put me in the green room. They just sort of assumed, even though I said repeatedly, you know, I'm opening for Dave, you know, need to, you know, get into the green room. They didn't put me in the green room. I just sat there at the bar. And one of the side effects to that was people recognized me from the Sticks and Stones special. And so rather than having a moment to sort of quietly, you know, get myself into a place, run through my set in my head, be ready to perform, you know, I had this constant influx of people coming up, introducing themselves, saying hi. It was very distracting. Um, and, you know, I was also the very first performer that night. So there there was already, um, you, I mean, you already know that that's going to be a difficult position. People are still getting seated. They're still getting their drinks. It's the first thing of the night, so they haven't been warmed up. You're basically the warm-up act. So um, there was already going to be a sense that, you know, it's not going to be a stellar performance. So I came off stage feeling uh, I've described my performance there as wildly adequate. <laughs> but um, 
everybody <laughs> out there, including Dave, was was uh, they were very supportive and complimentary and saying, um, you know, no, it was you, you did great, you're fine. That's you know, it was that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like that. So um, I think as artists, we we always tend to tear ourselves down and be very critical because we have in our head this image of perfection, this way that we know it can be. Um, and we want to try and represent that in our art or uh, in our lives or in whatever way. Um, and so it's nice to have a mentor, to have somebody like Dave, who, who does know, you know, he knows how to do perfect comedy. And he's had perfect nights and perfect specials, but he's also had not so perfect nights and not so perfect specials. And, you know, it was, it was nice to hear him say, hey, no, it was great. You did, you did good. That's what it was supposed to be. So. Yeah, yeah. So, why did you decide to go into comedy? Uh, it was sort of an accident. <laughs> Not really an accident, <laughs> but a little bit of an accident. I've I've always been a writer and and a performer. Obviously, I went through my uh, Encyclopedia Britannica of a bio there at the beginning of the show, but. Um, I I always had this this last little peak, this this last frontier, which was stand up comedy. It always was sort of terrifying to me. If I go out and do a, a television show or a play or a musical or anything, it's a collaborative art form, right? So if it's not great, audience doesn't love it, or even if I'm not feeling it, there's a lot of other variables at play there that make it difficult to know whether you sucked or somebody else did, you know? So with stand-up comedy, there isn't that. If if you go up on stage with your experience, with your material, with your presence of, you know, being there, and it's not funny, it's you. (laughs) You're the problem, right? There isn't anybody else that they can't say, well, bad writing. Well, you're the writer. You can't say, well, the director sucks. Well, you're your director. You know, there, there isn't any other variant at play there. Um, and so it's a very high-stakes game. You you win big, you lose big, right? Um, and so right. I, had, I never really, I'd always been a little bit too scared to engage it. But I've always been a writer. And so I had this idea that I was like, I should act, even if I never go up on stage and do stand up, what I should do is every time I think of something that's funny or I think of something that could be a joke, I should write it down because I will either use it in my writing or it'll be a fun story to, you know, tell at a party or something like that. So I just started writing things down and I was backstage at a show once, uh, just, just doing a play. I was backstage talking to other actors there. And uh, I was reading through some of the material I had started to accumulate over about a year or so. <laughs> a friend of mine who was backstage with me heard it, didn't say anything to me, heard it, made a little mental note. And then about two months later, she said, hey, I'm doing this big show it's called Lady Stravaganza, opening at this, this theater here in San Francisco. Do you want to come and do stand-up? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. All right, let's time, time, let's get out, let's get out there and give it a try once for my friend who's got this show. So then the day before the show, I get the schedule, you know, big list on Facebook. Who's opening the show? Daphne Dorman. 
I'm doing stand-up. And so I posted on Facebook, you know, hey, come see me doing stand-up for my, you know, first time ever. No pressure or anything. And then my friend wrote me back immediately. She was like, wait, what? I thought you've been doing stand-up for years. And I was like, nope, this is about to be my first time. So that is how I got into doing stand-up, sort of accidentally. Yeah, that's that's the way it goes sometimes. So how would you describe your style of comedy? Um, it's experience. It's um, definitely more of a storytelling. Like you know, there there are some comics like uh, Stephen Wright who are kind of you know one-liners yeah. or you know puns over and over right. again, and this sort of rapid fire yeah. style. Um, my style is actually a little bit more like Dave Chappelle's. I have a, I certainly have filler lines. I have, a, you know, transitional things that I can throw in between to, to, um, you know, bits somewhere. But for the most part, I'm going to, you know, tell a story about a certain thing. And then uh, the punchlines will be in that story somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the challenges of being a transgender comedian? Well, there's nothing funny about being transgender. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> some of the challenges are actually um, just just the. I think this is the one that really gets me. There's there are any challenges uh, that you're you're going to face in life. Obviously, extend on the stage, right? So not not always having opportunities or not being invited or people not knowing where you belong. I actually got a, a note from a producer. Uh, I guess it was about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, who said, hey, um, do you think I would get in trouble if I invited a trans woman to do an all-female show? Like, well, of course you wouldn't get in trouble. Why would you think you would get in trouble for that? Like, that's that's what we are. That's what I am. (laughs) So there's some of it that's like educating people, giving them an understanding of who we are, what's going on. But, But that exists in regular life as well. I think if if I had to make a, a discernment between something that happens on stage that doesn't necessarily happen all the time in life is that people think that they're not going that there isn't going to be something that they'll get like well this I'm not going to go see this this transgender comic because I'm not transgender it's not going to apply to me but that's not really how any of that works. But that is, there is that misconception there. You even hear it with, you know, people talking about black comedians. Well, I'm not going to see a black comic. I'm not black. I don't understand that. It's not going to translate to me. It doesn't apply. And it's like there, there are human truths. There are universal and cosmic truths, uh, thank God, because that's, that allows for comedy to cross all kinds of borders and, you know, to apply to all kinds of situations. So a lot of my jokes do translate. They're just about life, really. That's all. Yeah, is is society uh society these days too politically correct? I I don't think so. I think that there's a difference. And and this is the this is the thing that I like about uh, you know, interacting with somebody like, like Dave Chappelle, right? Who doesn't have an immaculate track record. Right, he he has made some jokes, and and to be quite frank, as I said to him, I think some of them have been a little tone deaf, right? 
languaging, not quite my, and some of comedy is always a little bit tone deaf. So that's okay. But here's the thing. I don't, I, I like to be PC. I like, because I consider politically correct. I consider just being considerate and polite and respectful, right? But there's a difference. And what I don't like is cancel culture, right? The punishment for not being PC or for having, having not been PC 25 years ago shouldn't be death. You know, it's like if a police officer pulled you over and said, you know, you know, you were doing 27 and a 25 and you said, oh, I, I didn't realize. And he said, yeah, sorry, you're guilty and shot you. That, that would be bad, right? But it's like there's, there have yeah. to be different levels of punishment and different levels of, um, uh, you know, apologies that we allot for. And if somebody isn't PC, well, that's, that's words. And, and I, I do like the title Sticks and Stones. Sticks and Stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you, right? Well, words can hurt, but then you fight back against words with words, not with cancellation, not by just taking away somebody's career, right? Like there are other ways of uh, bringing people around on things because it just creates bitterness. Otherwise, if we, if we destroy everybody who isn't PC, if we destroy their career and we decide, you know, that they, they're going to be boycotted for the rest of their lives, that's, that seems a little villainous to me. It does, and it's not going to, it's not going to uh, you know, make people want to listen to us and, and do the things that we're asking for, to be respectful of us, because it's kind of a disrespectful thing to do to them, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think it's, um, it's amazing that all of the, the examples of that you see out in the popular culture, people getting canceled and everything. So uh, talk about your film work. I know you did a film... Uh, Elements Quest, and uh, you've, I know you've done some other work. So talk about some of your other work. Um, yeah, Element Quest was actually a student film uh, from the school down here. Uh, this is out in Livermore. Um, just, just a fun little – I actually haven't even seen that movie. I forgot it was on IMDb until you mentioned it to me. So I haven't seen um, <laughs> <laughs> Element Quest. Uh, <coughs> I um I've done a couple things. I did. There's a movie called Guitar Man, which is a story about uh, Buzzy Martin, who's a comedian out here in California, lives in Petaluma. Who in the yeah. I think it was in the 90s, 80s, 90s, he traveled around to uh, various prisons and uh, you know did music work with you know, with uh, inmates that are there and felons. Um, really kind of a cool story there. So I was in you know Guitar Man. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of writing, so, you know, I've done some, some shows that have been produced on stage, write a lot of essays and things like that, but, um, comedy has been the most fun, really, so far. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, uh, what are some projects you have coming up? Are you going to be doing things like, uh, directing or could be doing more touring or what are you going to do? Well... I haven't decided. One of the things that I think would be an interesting project, and 
I'm, I might even have a conversation with Dave and his manager about this. Is, but it might be kind of a cool story. I'd love to, I'd love to tour, to go around and do um, comedy all around the United States. And I think it would be an interesting film or documentary experience to see somebody who's a new comedian, who's trans, you know, going to places to do comedy where you might expect that there would be a struggle or a challenge, and maybe there will be you know, some interactions, which, um, which would be dramatic. But I think it would be interesting to see somebody like me going to Mississippi or Arkansas or someplace that's, you know, generally a fairly yeah. red state and seeing just how they react to, to me, to my comedy, to things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that would, that would be amazing. That would be fantastic. Uh, so what would be your word of uh, advice for people who want to get into comedy? Um, basically, it's the Nike philosophy. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, actually, in life, anything that you want to get into doing, or anything that you dream of doing, desire to do, desire to be, um, you should do. Uh, or, or, or do your best that you can to do those things. Uh, you know, that's the thing. We only get one life in this time, in this place, in this body. We shouldn't waste any of those things. If there's something you want to do, just try to do it. I understand that, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly successful white uh, privileged software engineer, right? So I am well aware that even though I'm trans, I still have a bunch of privilege on my side. And I know it's very easy to say just to do it, right? We also have to do things like pay the electric and feed our kids and get the car to the shop. And, you know, there's a bunch of things in life that get in the way. Um, And so I would just still say do your best then to do the things that, that you want to do that matter to you, that are your dreams or your goals or your goals for your kids or your, your family. That's, you only get one shot, you know? Shoot for the moon. Okay, so uh, last question. If you were going to advertise yourself on a billboard, what would you put on there? <laughs> What would I put on the billboard? Uh, <laughs> I think it would just. Uh, that's, I love this question. This is perfect. Um, I think there would be a picture of me, and it would just say, uh, "Daphne Dorman, come see the double D's." Nice, nice. Okay, Daphne. Well, I really enjoyed our conversation tonight it was fun thank you you too well okay well break legs and everything you do and uh have a fantastic thank night. you you too okay. i hope to talk to you Bye. yeah Bye. good night all right folks remember to break legs and everything you do and have a good night Under the dark you pacify me Hold my breath Take me down, I won't fight 
beat of my heart, you drum inside me. Somewhere my dance makes a sound no one can find out. 